I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. Not long ago, on the 22nd of December, uh, another earthquake and tsunami hit over in the Far East and wiped out really hundreds of lives. Thousands of people were displaced once again, just like not long ago on Christmas Day when thousands upon thousands of people lost their lives. And something that triggered that particular event was a, a, of a, a volcano and an earthquake and created this wave. And, and uh, I just want you to kind of look at me here, look with me here at the screen and see this, uh, this volcano. This one was um, uh, earlier in the year, November, it took place in Guatemala. And I want you to go ahead and just uh, watch this with me, if you would, please. It's just a visual. But I want you to look and to see there the remarkable display of the power that is coming from the center of the earth. It's coming from the different layers. I want you to notice there, different approach, different perspective, how tall that is and the different aspects and, 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 and layers of things that's going on. There was snow on the mountaintop. And yet there's these flames and fires and molten rock, lava. Lava is, is, is that, 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 uh, that molten, that, that, that melted rock that comes out and when it starts to flow down uh, the side of the mountain, that's when it's called lava. A volcano is literally a rupture in the crust of the planet. It's a rupture in the crust of the planet. There's force that is being built up, and there's a shifting that takes place to where it cannot be contained any longer. I want you to pray with me, all right, right now. The Lord will give us insight right now that you will show us exactly what you have in store for us here at Central. To God, to have that kind of internal pressure <laughs> that there is a breakthrough that happens. That there is something that just erupts out of us. God, not that brings destruction, but brings life. For there's an aspect, Lord, of volcanoes that, that builds land. God, that brings uh, fertility. God, there's, there's all kinds of things, Lord, that can happen that happens good as a result of the eruption of a, even a volcano. But I don't think, Lord, nothing comes greater than this display of your power and this idea that from within the inside of your creation, there is a power that cannot be stopped. Nothing that man can make can stop this force from moving and affecting other things. Help us, Lord, to realize that as we move through in these next number of uh, weeks and we talk about this subject matter of breakthrough. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So last year was a, a year of expectancy, and this year I believe the Lord has given me a word, and it is for breakthrough. Say breakthrough. <laughs> what does that mean to you? What does breakthrough mean? Well, you see, in order to, uh, it, it's good to, to be expectant about what God is going to do, but I believe he's going to take us beyond just expecting what he's going to do, and you're actually going to see it come into fruition. You're actually going to see it come into come into play. And, and I believe that we've been God has been staging us and getting us ready for a breakthrough. I believe the reason that we're going to experience breakthrough is because of what we're doing. 
what we're saying. And we're saying, Lord, we want so much of you within us that we want this external crust. Amen? To be broke, broken away. We want anything that is, that's on the outside to, to recognize it can't stop the force of the Holy Spirit within us. For greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He, he lives through you. And the whole point of the matter is, is that guess what? He wants to give you a breakthrough. As we talk about this hot lava and we talk about the volcanic ash and we think about the gases that are ready to escape from this magma chamber that is below the surface, I want you to imagine what it's like for right now the Holy Spirit in you. I want you to imagine for a moment that, that we say, did you invite Jesus into your heart? We're, we're not talking about a physical Jesus. When Nicodemus said, said well, I must, Jesus said to him, you must be born again. He said, how am I going to enter into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus says, you don't, got, you don't have an understanding of this. But instead, the spirit, the spirit, not a physical living thing with a, a body, but the spirit. And God is spirit, all right? He lives within you. His Holy Spirit lives within you. And, and we have so much crust. We have so much crud. We have so many things that are stopping us that, that, we're, that, that isn't letting the spirit flow. You might say, well, doesn't it bring destruction in some places? It, it does alter the landscape of things. But some of us can use some altered landscape. Some of us can use some, some rearrangement of the geography that's around us. And so I, I want you to get ready for a breakthrough. I want you to understand that God has got some great things in store for you. And, and the way in which it's going to happen is that you're going to have to let the tectonic plates get a little science-y science on you, all right? That's where these volcanics, uh, volcanoes are really there, okay? They get on the edge of these tectonic plates. These, there's like 17 of these things that are shifting around all around the world. And, and on the edge of these things where there's a shifting that takes place, there's a release of the gases. There's a release of the heat that's within the inner core of the earth, all right? But there has to be a shifting. There has to be a shifting. A shifting has to happen in our thinking. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and the thinking is shaped by what we feed on. And when you begin to feed on the word of God, you begin to feed on him who is the bread of life. All of a sudden, you start to have different results. Why are we talking about fasting again? Because it changes you. If you are what you eat. That's pretty scary, first of all. <laughs> but it's also pretty awesome when you consider it in a spiritual sense. When I eat of the word of God. I become full of the word of God. I am the word of God in the sense, you know, I'm a, I'm a mouthpiece for the word of God wherever I go, bringing life to people and into their situations. So in Isaiah 43, I'm going to read the text to you without showing it to you on the screen. First of all, before we show our next point, just hold it right there. If you would, I want you to listen first, and then we're going to kind of take a look at this text and uh, break it down. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. This is Isaiah, the prophet. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Little quiz. What is he talking about here? 
What's he talking about here? Who, what particular historical event is he talking about here? What's that? Yes. What? Israel crossing over the Red Sea, the Egyptians being swallowed up. He says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. This is what the Lord says. He says, I want you to basically look. I want you to recall. And then he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. <laughs> kind of like an eruption, right? <laughs> Do you not perceive it? Did you hear the word of the Lord today? The spirit of the Lord through the gift of interpretation? Do you hear me? He says, do you know what it is that I want you to do? Look at this. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Now, who in the world has ever heard of that? I am making a way right in the desert. Streams in the wasteland, those places that were barren. The places that were unfruitful, the places where you couldn't grow anything, the places where there was only death. He says, I am making a stream. I am making a path. I am bringing life to those dead areas. Go back. Do you not perceive? Don't you perceive? Don't you understand what I want to do? He says, look, listen, I am the one who delivered the Israelites from their captives. I set them free. The faith and the hope of God's people too often get so low in our times of weakness that we feel like we're in a walking state of captivity on a regular basis. Too many people feel like they are in the Babylonian captivity themselves and they need assurance that God is knows where they're at and knows the things that are going on is willing to do something and we recall this old testament passage because he is the same today as he was yesterday amen he has the same amount of desire for you to be free as he did for those people to be free and i believe the message is the same for us today i want you to get this this isn't just something they did for those people back then this is something that he's speaking for us today because it speaks about his character it speaks about his intention and throughout all of Isaiah, you will find these assurances repeated over and over again, these word pictures that describes God's love for his people. If you go back to the very beginning of this particular uh, uh, chapter in, in verses 1 and 2, he says this, he says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God. Why? Why did he want to tell us? Because they needed the assurance. You and I need the assurance about what God wants to do in your life. And my goal today is to move us forward in our walk with the Lord. And I find in, these in this particular passage, and, and we'll take a look at it now, go ahead. And the very first thing we need to do is look at the past. Look at the past. Look at all of the hard spots that you were in in the past and realize that you didn't get out of those situations by yourself. 
You can look back. Many of us in this room today can recall a time when we had our backs up against the wall and we didn't know where our answer, where our relief was going to come from. And guess what? Out of nowhere. Out of the wasteland, out of the barren pass, all right, came a stream of living water for us. And guess what? You knew it then, but you've forgotten it now. So he says, look at the past. Look at the scripture verse. So it says, shows here, go ahead and read this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there. I like this. Never to rise again. Say that with me. Never to rise again. Forever he is glorified. Forever what? He's lifted high forever. Not just for a little while. He's extinguished. He snuffed it out like a wick. He has put it down. And the only way in which your aggressors can come back against you is if you open up the door for them again. If you buy into the thoughts that the enemy starts to put into your mind, if you start to become involved in things that, that, that distract you and take you out of the, 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 the attention zone where you're supposed to be. Listen, it's hard to be a warrior in the, in the army of the Lord when all you want to do is be a citizen, right? Of this world. We cannot be distracted. We have to look at the past and we have to remind ourselves if the God of Israel did this. He's able to do it again. He's able to do it again. And although this is a different generations and you might be having different situations than what they were having back then, I want you to know that the Lord still sees you in your wilderness. He still sees your Red Sea experience that you may be going through because we may be at different junk, uh, junctions and, 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 and different crossroads in our life. But guess what? He can do it again. Sometimes we're able to believe that God could do some things, but some, for some reason we, we, we kind of partition some things off and say he can do some things, but he won't do this. What is your won't do this list? What is the really difficult list? What kind of things do you put over there? Well, I, I expect God to help me with this, but this is a really big thing. I just don't know if this is really going to become a reality. We have those two lists, don't we? We have these things that we think about. Maybe we think we're not spiritual enough. Maybe we think we don't have enough giftings. I don't know, you can come up with all kinds of reasons why you don't feel like you're worthy to, to receive or have God do something in a miraculous way in your life. But I want you to look and realize that you serve the same God today who was able to take this force and snuff them out, never to rise again. <laughs> it's important for us to look at the past. It's important for us to remember our Egypt, remember our Babylon. There was a man who was taking a drive home in the country when his car suddenly stopped running, and he had coasted to the side of the road, and, and he lifted the hood, all of a sudden, a horse came trotting along. Horse never slowed down. They looked at the man and said, better check the gasoline. The man was shocked by this, and he ran to the nearest farmhouse, and he knocked on the door. And when the farmer opened the door, he began to share with him what had happened. And the farmer says this. He says, 
was this a horse with a floppy ear? He said, yeah, 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 that's the one. Oh, well, don't believe everything he says. He doesn't know the first thing about cars. May I suggest to you that maybe you've been listening to the floppy-eared horse? It doesn't even amaze you, okay, that, 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 that he's, he's talking, all right? You're more concerned about what he's saying. Listen, you ought to get concerned whenever you give the devil enough room to start speaking the untruths into your ear. You ought to get a little concerned when you start to hear those things because it means that you put yourself in a position where you don't have that, that Holy Spirit bubble around you the way that you need to be, amen? You ought to be able to do like the people who can know what is counterfeit money. You're so used to the real that as soon as the false and as soon as the counterfeit shows up, you know what a false word is, Amen? problem with the body of christ is that we don't have that kind of experience we haven't soaked ourselves and we haven't immersed ourselves in this presence enough you say pastor how do you know that i know that because i'm talking to people on a regular basis the ones who we're having to try to help to get over listen we all have our hard times where where we're like all right lord this is really difficult i need you but there's something different when it's spoken from somebody who is assured of that God is going to make a way. Something comes out of that person in their voice. And they say, they're able to articulate and say, I'm really feeling beat up right now. But God. I'm really feeling it right now. And they can be transparent. They can say, I've really got an issue right now. It's okay to be real. But you serve a real God. And he wants to make a difference in your life. That's what we want to talk about. Amen. We want to talk about all year long about the breakthroughs that people can, can experience. Now, I want you to understand the second point is this. Forget the past. Hold it. You just told me to look at the past. Now I tell him forget the past. Pastor, make up your mind. Well, this is what the text has, right? He recalls. He says, remember, this is what God has done. But, oh, by the way, forget the past. Read the scripture with me. It's here on the next screen. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Goes and he says, listen, I'm the one who, you know, it caused for them to be snuffed out, never to rise again. Remember that. Look at that. All right. But forget the past. Do not dwell on the past. How many of you know that, you know, context is everything? He's not trying to have you, you know, tell you to do something he doesn't want you to do and then change in his mind. He's really trying to define what it means to look at or to ponder or to dwell on. He says, listen, forget the former things. Some of us are so stuck on it that we cannot move to the next place that God has for us. There was an elderly couple. I was having some troubles remembering things. And so they decided to go to a doctor to get some help. Doctor done all kinds of tests on him and ran different types of uh, procedures. And, and he finally just got to the point and says, you guys are A-OK. I don't see that there's any problem physically with you. But I got some ideas for you. How about you go ahead and write things down? You know, when, when you, so that you don't forget things. And so they, they said, all right, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to start to carry, you know, little notepads around with us. And we're going to write some things down. And so later that night, while they were watching TV, the old man got up out of his chair and, and his wife asked, she says, where are you going? And he replies to the kitchen. 
And she says, well, will you get me a bowl of ice cream? And he says, sure. She says, well, don't you think you should write it down so that you don't forget it, that you remember that? He says, I can remember to get you a bowl of ice cream. I'm just going to the kitchen. She says, well, I want some strawberries on that. He says, okay, I can do that. He doesn't take out his notepad. She says, aren't you going to write that down? I don't want you to forget that. He says, I can remember that. My goodness, I'm not writing that down. A bowl of ice cream with uh, strawberries on it. She says, okay, but, you know, I, and I also want some, some Cool Whip on that. Don't forget, I, I, I like a little bit of Cool Whip on that. He doesn't take out his notepad. She says, hey, aren't you going to write that down? I know you're going to forget it. He's now frustrated. He's like, I'm not going to forget to get you a bowl of ice cream with strawberries and Cool Whip on top. He's gone for 20 minutes. He comes back, and he's got her some eggs and bacon. And she says to him, you forgot the toast. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I do think that my memory kind of gets that way. Does that happen with anybody else? You know what I'm saying? But the kind of forget that he's talking about here is forget the former things that you've relied on and adhered to and trusted in, okay, as far as the system and or the method that I had to use in order to bring redemption or bring this redeeming quality to you when you were going through the Red Sea. You may not be in that same situation again. You may not be through a Red Sea experience. Instead, you may be out in the desert, and so in this particular occasion, while you're out in the desert, how many of you are ready for me to give to you a stream because you need something different now? How many of you might need a little bit of uh, some, some heat? I might need to provide some, another eruption that would take place. Listen, I'm not sure what you have need of in your life, but I know somebody who does. I know God Almighty, and he says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past about how it was done then. Don't try to reinstitute and do those same things over and over and over and over again. Listen, what's important is my presence. What's important is me. Look back to how the Lord has helped you in the past, but don't dwell on it. You've known people who are living their present lives in the past, and all they can talk about is the good old days. I mean, you know, it's... it's, it's it's important. I, I, I find myself when I'm talking to my kids, you know, I'm, I'm talking about I can remember when I was growing up. And, you know, when you start to travel down that path, right, <laughs> where are you going to go? You, you want to instill some type of a value. Not wrong. But you know what? That value may be in being implemented and instilled even in another way. I feel bad for our millennials. Because they're not all the same. Society has told us that, that millennials are, are lazy. They want it their way all the time. They don't really, they're, they're impatient. Some of you chuckling because you bought into some of this stuff, all right? And, you, and we categorize and stereotype everybody the same way. I mean, think about how wrong that is. Does every woman think the same way about everything? Does every man think the same way about everything? Is every man the same? Just because some men are really bad 
jerks? <laughs> Do we want our young ladies growing up and think all men are bad? No. We want our young ladies to find a godly man. And they're out there. We want our men, our young men, to find godly young ladies. You, you can't categorize everybody the same. Our millennials, th- listen, there we have some great things that are happening in the world today because we have some outside-of-the-box thinkers that are in a generation called millennials. And they sleep at different hours than what I sleep. <laughs> They've got different ideas about doing things, you know, but, but guess what? They're in touch with their generation. And if we as a church don't understand what it's going to take in order to speak the language so that we can communicate to people, everybody, where they're at. If we we don't learn the languages of the people to whom we're trying to minister to, then guess what, church? We're going to die. It's not just the millennials. We need the Zs, right? The Z generation. We need to know how to speak their language. We need the new things that they're implementing and, and wanting to share with us. And, and, and the problem with the church many times is that we've, get, we've got stuck in the past. You know, it becomes real clear to, to people whom are new to a, a church or new to an area as far as what that church is passionate about, what the people are passionate about, by the way in which we treat them when they show up. It's been said of Central and every other church that I've ever been part of. At some point or another, I went there, and it was just so hard to kind of get in. Now, I've had, others, I've had positive glowing stories where people were just like received with open arms. But we need to realize the challenge that we have. We need to realize the obstacles that are before us so that when I say to you as a congregation, go to somebody who you don't know, that I am not just saying that for my good. I'm saying that because there is someone who came here today who is looking to connect with somebody else in the body of Christ who might be going through what they've gone through and is looking for a story, is looking for encouragement, is looking for inspiration and could say, you know what? You may be in the desert right now, but I can tell you about the God. I can look back and recall a situation where God said that my enemy will never rise again to me in this area. I sense that you're kind of going through that situation because you went out to dinner with somebody. You went out to lunch with somebody. You began to break bread together. You were in a life group together with somebody, and you got to find out some things about what's going on in their life. And you said, you know what? I'm going to share my life with you. It might be done a little bit differently today than what it was done yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, is God's wanting to know, are we making connections with one another? Are we forgetting the past? Are we not dwelling on it? And trying to say that everything has to be done just the way that it was done back then? Y'all probably can recall and remember the story of the individuals in a Scottish village. It was just at the the time when electricity was coming to an area where it hadn't been before. This old farmer and his wife were really excited. We were the last ones in all the village to receive their electricity. 
and they began to throw a party because electricity had come into the area. And they were going to be able to have electricity in their home now. And so lots of people were there. And uh, the, 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 there was just this big celebration and hoorah with it. And, and the electricity came on. They turned the lights on. They flicked the switch. And there was this great celebration. And the farmer said to his wife, isn't it great, hon? We have this light. It's going to be a whole lot easier to light our lamps. Lit the lamp and shut the lights off. What a shame to miss out on all the opportunities that we have when we don't realize that God is doing a new thing. There's some of us who are still hanging on to the past when we could be living in the present. Those former things in our past, they they, they make it difficult for us to forget the past offenses that people have done to us. We've got to lay those things down. Someone's got to make the first move. If you've got friction in your family, friction in your neighborhood, friction at your work, if you've got something that's unsettled, undone, how about you just be the bigger person and say, I don't know how we got here, but one thing I know, I love you enough to stop this right here and now. Amen? I humble myself and say, what can I do in order to to be your friend again, to be close to you again? I want to forget the past. So many times we've let things that's happened to us in our job or in our family or even at our church. Stop us from being what God wants us to be in the now. (laughs) But he's not saying stop. He's saying, I put those things down. (laughs) I put those things down never to rise again. And I wanted you to look back, but I want you to forget. I want you to quit dwelling on the past. I want you to realize I am the same God today. I can do these things that I did in the past and deliver you, but I may not do it in the same way. I'm wanting to do a new thing in your life. I'm wanting to spring forth right now. I'm wanting there to be an eruption in you. I'm wanting you, give me the next slide if you would, please, to get ready for a breakthrough. We want to get breakthrough ready. And the way in which we're doing that is we're moving on to the new things. And, and we are using a, a system and, a, and, a, and a, 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 an agenda that the Lord has given to us in his word. It's called prayer and fasting, all right? But what I want you to envision is something different than maybe you looked at before. I want you to envision that as you are praying and you are fasting, that there's literally a shifting of the tectonic plates in the spiritual realm. There is a shaking up of some things that's going on. And you can't see it at first because it's happening underground. And the enemy has come to some of you and said, see, you've been praying about this for year after year after year, and you've not been seeing the changes that you want to see. Why do you keep on doing it? Because you know the word of God is true. You can look back and know that God caused for the Red Sea to open. He caused for there to bring a a stream out of a rock. He is the same God today as he was then. Amen? And you get excited because I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do a new thing in me. And there's some things that he would have us to do that is the same. Amen? And that is to pray. It is to seek his face. It is to humble ourselves before him and say, you don't own me. Nothing in this world is more important. My pleasure, my satisfaction. I've got to deny myself and take up my cross daily and follow after him. Because when I do that, when I do that, I'm not relying upon my own strength. I'm relying upon him. Listen, if you do this prayer and fasting thing, I'm going to tell you something. 
and you do this, the fasting, and you drink coffee every day, day two, day three, guess what? You, you're going to, you high potential will have a headache. You might be a little irritable, says Dominica. I think that's from experience, right? Okay, all right, yes. You might have a little pain in your gut. You might feel a little weak. I'm like, oh, this ain't working. I'm dragging. <laughs> Can anybody who's done this testify that you might, you might feel that? Okay, that's why? Because that's the physical part of it. But let me tell you something. After day two and day three, it's like dragging. Oh, my head's killing me. All, I got all of a sudden, something's going to hit you. Woo! And, and you're just like, I've been spending time with him, and I'm seeing things in the word I never saw before. I, I think he really will speak to me. I heard other people say that he does, but it's not happened to me before. But, but I think he said something. I think he showed me something I never understood before. I think there's a shifting in the tectonic plates. And there's about an eruption that's about to take place. Oh, it's been underground for a while, but guess what? I'm going to keep on... I'm going to keep on shifting some things around. I'm going to shift some habits around. And you know what? I've said before, it's too hard to get up in the morning. But guess what? My mornings don't own me. My sleep doesn't own me. I'm going to get up those 15 minutes earlier, and I'm going to pray just because my flesh don't want to. How about putting something right there in front of you that is even a temptation? Oh, careful here, all right? I'm, 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 I'm not, not. Not all, I'm talking about like the food thing. I'm talking about the, the t- and you say, you know what? A TV could be right there. Some people have to rip it out of the room. Hey, if you have to rip it out of your room, then rip it out of your room. You have to shut it, unplug it, whatever you need to do. But sometimes you just need to look at something that's got you in bondage, and you just need to look at it and say, you don't own me. <laughs> that coffee, how about sitting in that Folgers thing right there on the counter? <laughs> and saying, this is for you, Lord. And you grab your Bible right from the foot of that Folgers thing. Right? That you've been bowing down to. I'm not saying coffee's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's bad when it's controlling you. When you don't think that you can function without it. Listen, how about getting to the point where you think you can't function without him? And you grab a hold of that word and you begin to pray and you begin to seek his face and you say, this is what it's about. And you spend time with him. I think some shifting in the tectonic plates uh, uh, would start to happen. I think that that molten lava, that fire of the Holy Spirit that's within you would start to brew. It'd start to, you know, just start to melt some things down. And all of a sudden, the crust is going to just get a little bit thinner. And it's going to open up. And there's going to be an explosion. There's going to be a new land. Oh, come on, well, it doesn't matter to me what we talk about. I don't care if it's the streams in the, in the barren desert or if it's a Red Sea that's split open or if it's an eruption as far as a volcano. There is breakthrough that is coming to you when you set him first. Isaiah 43, 19, he says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert, he says. Streams in the wasteland. Praise team, come up here if you would, please. I'm ready to spring forth. I'm ready to burst forth in your lives. 
Isaiah 42, the chapter just before, he says, The former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. He's trying to get them ready. He's trying to get them ready for the breakthrough. I'm trying to prepare you for a breakthrough that God's going to give us in 2019. And some of you have been on the, on the very edge of throwing in the towel and giving up. But guess what? Breakthrough's coming. You're going to move from expectancy to experiencing the breakthrough. I'm going to skip a couple of those, those verses that I have here and move right to just something else. So don't worry about any more on the, on the screen, if you would, please, Rich. In Isaiah chapter 58, it's a particular occasion where the Lord is also speaking about his desire to minister and to communicate to his people. And his people have this complaint. And this complaint is, we've been fasting. We've been doing all the things that we think that you want us to do, and we have not been seeing the things that, you, that, that we think should be being done. And, and he, he, the Lord's like, yeah. <laughs> read it. You look at it. Okay, just, just read from the beginning of uh, Isaiah 58. I'm just going to summarize here. They said, why have we fasted and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, says God, through the prophet Isaiah, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling a strife and is striking each other with wicked fist. What? God forbid. Please don't go fist to cuffs next week. I know you want that, that donut, but please. He says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Are you more concerned about the time frame? See, I really don't care if it's 21 days, if it's one week, if it's three days. We do a 21-day fast, and I'll get into that in, in the weeks ahead as, as a result of just in a, uh, symbolically and kind of a model that we have from Daniel. But it's not law. And he says, you think you've done a big thing by fasting one day. He says, what is this? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed or for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? If you get through with this 21 days, are you going to say, check it off, mission accomplished? Look at me. I didn't think I could do it, but I did do it. Or the aftermath instead will be, wow, Lord, <laughs> what in the world have I been doing? At the end of it all, will there be a whole new layer be shown, uh, a whole new level, a whole new shifting of things that you're like, wow, your fire will really flow through me on a regular basis. You'll give me words to speak when I never even thought of them before. He says, well, let me tell you, this is how this kind of fasting I've chosen you, chosen for you. Verse number six, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. 
to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. That's the kind of fasting he said I've made for you. He said, is it not the type of fasting I want for you is for you to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. And when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. He said, isn't that the kind of fasting that you should be doing? He says this, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. I'm thinking that sounds like an eruption to me. (laughs) Light's coming. Heat's coming. And then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. No floppy ear horse who don't know anything about what's going on in your life. How about listening to the voice of God? How about listening to the one who knows you, who created you, who knit you together in your mother's womb, who knows the the doubts that you're even struggling with? How about listening to God? And say, I'm going to do things your way, Lord, not my way. He goes on and he talks about all the different things that are wrong with the body of Christ. But he says, listen. I want you to understand this, that there is something that you can do that'll be tangible. Give to the poor. Clothe those who are naked. Do those different things. And so he, I, I feel like the Lord's, and as I was meeting with the board, spoke to my heart about what we're going to do differently with this fast. I don't have it designated yet, but I have a vision that from now or, or from the 6th, start on the 6th, Pray about, which is next, next Sunday, that the Lord, would, you would pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do in a financial way? That I'm going to sacrificially, sacrificially give. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to let this be part of my fasting. And we together as a corporate body are going to do something unprecedented in the form of giving to those who are needy. I'm not talking through our regular ways of missions, okay? I'm talking about I, I, I said, Lord, I need, I need a target. I need, I need a thing because people respond to, to need. And I felt like him, him say that I don't want them to respond just to need. I want them to respond to what my spirit says to them. And I want you to bring in an offering on the 27th of January at the close of our 21 days. And we're just going to give it away. We're just going to give it away to worthy causes and things where people we can right in the now help to feed someone, help to clothe the naked, help to do something that will make a difference in somebody's life right then and there. Amen? Wouldn't that be cool? We have $1,000? We have $5,000? $10,000? Wouldn't it be cool that we just like say, you know what, here it is. We sacrifice this. So we can do something tangible right here and right now. That's what the Lord's laid upon my heart to lead us in. How many of you know that he can do it? He can do it. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you here today. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to be the body of Christ. That you have uh, called us to, to work with you. And that by the power of your spirit, you will lead us and guide us into all things that will help us to be difference makers. I pray, God, that you would help us to prepare for breakthrough. 
examine our hearts. We would remind ourselves of what you've done in the past and that you're the same today. But we wouldn't dwell on the past and say you've got to do it the same way. We instead, Lord, would say, do something fresh in us. Do something new. Spring up, O oh well, within my soul. Do that part again, I pray, Lord. You may be here today and you might say, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I, I recognize that I need to get right with the Lord. I surely can't be effective for him if I'm not in relationship with him. And you're right with that. But today could be the end of all that. You could start a newfound relationship with him. And if you were to die tonight, then heaven would not be your home because you know you've got some sin, some unconfessed sin. Listen, all you have to do is say, that's me. I confess it. I ask the Lord to take over in my life. I'm, I, I, I'm not perfect, but I, I, I want him to work in me. I want him to take away the desire for sin out of my life. You're here today. You're not right with the Lord, but you want to be. Will you lift your hand today all across the sanctuary, wherever you're at? You got some things. Yes, yes. Come on. You want to get some things right. You may be just unconfessed sin. You got some things you want to get right right now. Got, yeah, there are three hands at least. Any more, any more. Yes, yes, four, five. Come on, you can put your hands on. I see those once I see you there. Yep, God bless you. God bless you. Five, six, seven, eight. Hey, church, come on. Come on. Once again, I, 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 it doesn't matter to me if it's unconfessed sin and something you struggle with over nine. In Jesus' name, real stuff happening today. Real fire. Real shifting of the tectonic plates. Amen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you could put those hands down. I see, yes, 